0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. Al here, and this will be our last episode for 2017. Now as we look back upon the year, I'd like to do a retro review of one of my all-time favorite role-playing game systems. Long-time listeners to the show, you probably remember, I talk about this system every now and then and that is tsr's marvel superheroes also another reason i'm doing this retro review is because i do have a couple other future retro reviews planned of some of the uh, modules from the marvel superheroes game so it would probably be good to start by taking a look at the game itself now there were a few different versions of the game released uh, actually three sets The first was usually just called the Yellow Box, and I've seen it. I have a friend who deals in used books, and he happened to have one uh, when he was at a convention. So I paged through it, but I don't actually own it. Uh, The next box set was the Advanced set, and this one um, expanded a lot upon the Yellow uh, set and what was in there. And then finally, the version I have is called the revised basic set. When you get right down to it, all three are the same system. It's just how much detail they put into it and what all you can do with your characters. Now, the yellow box set, that one was pretty bare basic as far as the rules. It did have some character creation rules, but most of it focused on what The popular Marvel heroes were in the early 80s. And then it also had a very small book. It was like 16 pages long that gave you the basic game mechanics. And then it also did have an adventure called Day of the the Octopus. And this you would fight against uh, Doc Octopus and some other uh, supervillains. Now the advanced set This one, again, put a lot more detail into it. To some extent, I think it overly complicated a few things, but still not bad. But really, the basic revised set is probably my favorite. And the reason why is because I think it's one of those systems that's elegant in its simplicity. It's actually not a very long book Uh, there's two books that came with the basic set the first one had a dark blue cover and that was uh, called the rule book only 64 pages long and then it also had a second book that had a teal cover and this one was called the campaign book also only 64 pages they had the same picture on the front a picture of the incredible hulk Spider Man, Captain America, Wolverine, and She-Hulk bursting through a wall. Now the campaign book that had statistics for a lot of the popular superheroes from that particular era, as well as several of the supervillains, and then it had general NPC statistics like your innocent bystander, you know, a street thug, a police officer and then several types of animals as well. The rule book contained just about everything else you needed to know. It had rules for character generation, the game mechanics, equipment, vehicles, and it also had three short adventures in it as well. Now, I don't have the full box set. I got mine loose off of eBay. Actually, pretty reasonably priced i think it was only about 15 bucks so less than $20 and that's one of the nice things about the basic set is if as unless it's like complete with the box usually you can get it for a pretty reasonable price on ebay generally your used bookstores are going to charge quite a bit more for it i have seen the advanced set at my local half price books and I think they sold it for close to $100. I would definitely recommend picking up the uh, the, the rules if you do see them at a price you can afford. Because unfortunately, I don't foresee this product coming back in print or in, well, let's just say legal uh, distribution with PDFs. Of course, the main problem being TSR uh, out of business. And legally, I'm not sure if uh, Wizards of the Coast would have rights to the game mechanics themselves. They probably do, I would guess. And then the, the real big problem, of course, would be the licensing rights. as I'm sure uh, since Marvel being owned by Disney now, if Wizards did decide they wanted to do a revised version of the set they would, I'm sure Disney would probably uh, ask for no small amount of money to uh, use the licensing for the the various heroes and villains well the basic set in addition to the uh, two books, it included a couple of maps, one of them was a section of downtown New York and then there was also another one that had a map of the interior of several buildings it also had some cardboard cutout figures you know just little ones that you tape them up in like a triangle and you know they had you know iron man and captain america and you know some of the the real staple heroes of the uh, marvel superheroes universe it also had some cutout cards as well there was a sheet that had I'm wanting to say maybe about, well, actually there were like four sheets. So I had about 40 figures there that uh, you cut it out and on one side it had the a picture of the hero and on the back it had their basic game information. So that could actually be very helpful because let's say you have someone who drops by for just a game session and I have had this happen where someone at my, because I, I was running a Marvel campaign at my local, a brick-and-mortar hobby store and we had a guy he showed up because his he joined us for a, a session because his group was uh wasn't meeting that day and you know he's we had some time to kill so we gave him uh the statistics for captain america and you know he joined our group everyone else was using uh characters that they had created which we'll be going into in just a moment now, uh, my, I'm lucky because with my set, while I don't have the cardboard cutout figures, I do have the character cards, though the person I bought it from uh, didn't cut them up, so they're still intact. And then it did also include the two maps as well, and actually most of the Marvel's superhero adventures I've seen also had these big poster size maps as well. So, on to the game itself. Fans of this game usually refer to it as, or sometimes refer to it as, the face-rip system, which is short for the, the seven statistics you have in this game. The first four are your physical stats, fighting, agility, strength, and endurance. And then the other three stats are your mental stats, reason, intuition, and psyche now the first stat fighting this measures your character's combat training and people like uh, Wolverine and Captain America very highly rated in this stat so this uses this is the stat you use if you're going to make a, a melee or unarmed attack the second stat agility. That is used when you want to dodge or get out of the way of falling things, and it's also used with missile weapon attacks and ranged attacks. So some of the characters that have higher ranking agilities, uh, that would be like, of course, Spider-Man, Nightcrawler, and I believe Hawkeye actually has a pretty good uh, agility as well. Next is Strength. So this is your physical power. It determines how much you can lift. It's also used if you're trying to burst your way through uh, something like a door or a wall. And it also uh, influences how much physical damage you inflict with melee and unarmed attacks. So obviously the, the heaviest hitter here would be uh, characters like the Incredible Hulk or the Thing... Next, Endurance, this is your character's general stamina. And it measures things like if you're trying to exert yourself. It also comes into play when you're trying to resist things like poison and knockout gas. Uh, So Wolverine, uh, of course, has a really good Endurance, uh, as does the Thing, the Incredible Hulk. And oddly enough, Magneto Uh, also has a really high endurance as well, which I suppose makes sense. I mean, he's one of the major supervillains of the Marvel Universe, so it wouldn't be any fun if he was soft and squishy and could be taken out by a couple of sleeping gas grenades. So you add those stats up, and then that gives you your health. Now, the second set, first reason, this is your character's intelligence, so some of the uh, characters with higher reason would be like Reed Richards and Iron Man. Next is intuition. So this is a measure of your character's powers of perception and observation. Generally characters that either are investigators or have had... Uh, had experience as being an investigator sometime during the course of their career, usually they have really high or exceptional intuition scores. Finally, there is a psych, which is, or psyche, and that's your character's willpower. So used to resist things like mind control. And a lot of your uh, characters with mental powers have really high psyches. A good example would be Professor Xavier. So you add those three stats up, and that gives you your starting karma. I'm going to be talking about karma in just a moment. Uh, There's also a couple of other abilities that you have, which uh, these will fluctuate during the course of the campaign. First is Popularity. So this would be similar to Charisma in Dungeons & Dragons. It represents how well-liked, or in some cases feared, the character is in the Marvel Universe. So you, a good example of someone with an extremely high level of popularity is Captain America. Uh, most of the you know law-abiding citizens of the Marvel Universe do respect him. So... If Captain America comes up to you and asks if he can borrow your car because he needs to chase after a criminal, well, the average person on the street is probably going to uh, let him do that out of respect. In the case of villains, uh, many of them have uh, negative popularity scores. And this is because, yeah, they can still get people to do what they want. But, of course, in the case of a villain... It's usually going to be because of the of sheer pants wedding fear, uh like one character that I know has a negative popularity is uh magneto, so obviously, if Magneto goes up to the average person in the street and asks him to do something, chances are he's that person's gonna do it because they know that Magneto could very easily <laughs> kill him. And then the last of your main stats is resources. So there's a couple ways you can measure resources, but generally it's your character's ability to obtain things. You can think of it as a combination of wealth, as well as how well connected your character is. So someone like Spider-Man who... Uh, At least at this point in the Marvel universe, he was primarily just a poor college student and then, you know, a a struggling photographer. He has a very low resources ability or score. Uh, Whereas, of course, Tony Stark, being the, you know, billionaire businessman he is, has a, a very high resources. So those two. Stats actually can change very, very frequently. Uh, usually your resources can change if your character wins a lottery or makes a bad financial decision. Those are things that the game master are going to determine. Um, at least in the basic set, they really don't give any rules for how resources can change. Popularity, though. Since that's a reflection of how the, the normal person in the Marvel universe views that character, that can change if uh your character does heroic deeds, and not only that, uh how well these deeds are known. So for example, if Spider-Man managed to defeat Doctor Doom in a public area, you know, in Central Park. And there just happened to be a, a television crew there, and they filmed you know the battle, and then on the 6 o'clock news they show this footage of Spider-Man defeating Doctor Doom, then that would mean that his popularity would temporarily go up. On the other hand, popularity can also go down. Um, if your character is known to start doing very unheroic things, and Also, if your character suffers a lot of defeats in public, that'll also cause his popularity to temporarily go down. So just use Spider-Man and Doctor Doom again. If Spider-Man gets his Spidey butt whipped by Doctor Doom, and again the TV news crew sees it, and it makes the evening news, poor Spider-Man is going to uh, lose popularity for a little bit. Now, these statistics are rated into one of several categories, and these are described in a a chart on the back of the book. Each rank, as they're called, uh, has a description and then a numeric score that goes with it. Now, for most heroes, it's going to go from feeble, which has a numeric value of 2, to up to unearthly which has a numeric value of 100. There's also Shift, X, Y, and Z, but it's very rare to see those with player characters. And then finally, Class 1000, Class 3000, and Class 5000. So uh, these are stats that are far beyond player characters. Usually you're only going to see that with cosmic entities like Galactus. So the basic mechanic is percentage-based. So what you do is, well, when you're going to do something, you tell the game master what you're going to do, and you roll the percentage dice. And then the game master will consult the column and use that to uh, determine if you succeed or fail. There's four different color results. White, which always fails. Green which succeeds for most normal actions, and then yellow and red. These would be like a critical success in most other role-playing games. Though, as I'll explain in a moment here, that's not always going to be a good thing. So, for example, let's say your character has remarkable fighting ability. So, if you want to punch someone, if you roll a 35 or less, that's a white result, so you fail. Uh 36 to a 65 is green. 75 to 94 is yellow. And then 95 to 100 is red. Now there's also several smaller charts that uh, describe things for like if you're making melee attacks or shooting attacks. And you can have special results if you get a yellow or a red. Here's why that's not always a good thing. Now, a yellow result, even when you're using lethal weapons like guns or swords or knives, you can get a stun result, which temporarily incapacitates an opponent. But a red, well, if you're using a lethal weapon, you can get what's called a kill result. And you don't want to get a kill result because uh, it instantly kills your opponent. Now, uh for non-lethal damage like you know a blunt attack, uh you might get what's called a slam where you cause your uh, opponent to fly back a, a bit because well it's like what you see in the comic books where if the incredible hulk punches something it's probably gonna go flying back uh fifty feet. Well here's why you gotta be careful. Now I mentioned karma before. Karma ...is used like experience points. You use it to gain new abilities. And you also can use it to improve your roles. Now, since this is a game of heroic role-playing... ...you're expected to act like a hero. So you've got your starting karma. You gain karma by performing heroic deeds. So if you rescue someone from a fire, for example... Or if you stop an armed robbery. Or you defeat a supervillain. You get karma for that. However, performing unheroic things, like vandalism or theft, those cause you to lose karma. If you kill somebody, you lose all your karma. So that's why you have to be very careful in this game. If you're playing a character like uh, the Punisher, who uses guns, or Wolverine, who has those sharp claws. Because one slip, you accidentally kill your opponent, and now all your karma is instantly gone. Now, when we talk about the statistics and how they're done, this is where I think the basic system's actually a bit better than advanced. The advanced system, I think, does overcomplicate things. Now, as far as the numeric value for your stats, uh, let's just use Remarkable for again. If you're rolling a character using the basic rules and you get Remarkable, it's 30 points. But in the advanced set, there's actually a range. Now, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I think for Remarkable it starts at like 25 or 26, and then it goes up to like 35 or 36. So let's just say for the sake of argument that, uh, in advanced, Remarkable starts at 25. So you, if you roll a Remarkable for your Strength, for example, it would start at 25 instead of 30. And you can use Karma to improve your abilities, but it takes a lot of Karma. So in the basic rules if you get enough karma to improve that score, you just go from remarkable to incredible. So a jump from 30 to 40. But in the advanced rules, well, you have to go from 25 to 26, and then 26 to 27, 28 to 29. So in either system, improving your abilities is glacially slow. And some fans do like it because it does reflect that with most heroes in comic books, usually their abilities stay fairly static over time. Uh, Spider-Man, yeah, he's super strong, but I don't think they've had his uh, strength really go up to the point where it would match someone like the Incredible Hulk or Hercules or Thor. The other use for karma is to improve your roles. And this is supposed to simulate the fact that heroes can succeed against almost impossible odds. So here's how it would work. Let's say that you're going to do something critical. You want to make sure you succeed. You can tell the game master before you roll that you're going to spend karma. And if you use karma to influence a roll, then you lose the number of karma needed to bring that result up to whatever you needed to succeed. Let's say your character has remarkable reason and you need to disarm a doomsday device. However, your character doesn't have any sort of ability in mechanics or machinery or anything that might help him disable a doomsday device. The game master might decide that you need a red result in order to succeed. So that means you got to get a 95 or higher. So yeah, you've got a 5% chance of success. If you fail, well, the world goes bye-bye. So you're probably going to want to spend karma. So here's how it would work. Let's say that you roll a 70. Well, that you are 25 points short of making the roll, so you would lose 25 karma. On the bright side, you also disabled the doomsday device, and you managed to save the world. So, that in the long run would actually get you back uh, the karma that you lost, and then some. Now, what if you make the roll and you didn't need the karma? So, let's say you rolled a 99. Well, you still always lose at least 10 karma anyway. But, it still can be very helpful if you are in those critical situations. Well, after you've generated your character's ability scores, the next step is to choose your origin. And there are five different origins. And this is actually one of the things I do like about the uh, Marvel system here. You do have the option, of course, to choose whatever origin you want. However, uh, it also does include a table for random rolling, so if you're not sure what you want to play, you can always just you know roll it and let the dice decide. So the first is Altered Human. These are people that started out as normal people, but then got uh, bit by a radioactive spider, or were exposed to gamma rays. This would be people like the Incredible Hulk or Spider-Man. These form the bulk of heroes in the Marvel Universe. Next are mutants. These would be people like the X-Men who were born with their powers. Next are high-tech heroes, or some people also call them high-tech wonders. These are normal people whose powers come from the different gadgets that they carry. So, uh well, even though he's a DC character... Batman would be a good example of a high-tech wonder. Another type of high-tech wonder is someone whose abilities come from a suit of armor. So that would be like Iron Man. Another example, the Punisher. He doesn't have any powers, and since he just uses guns and explosives, he's considered a high-tech wonder. And there's also a special case And that would be the uh, uh, magic heroes. So someone like Doctor Strange. Technically, they're considered high-tech heroes. It's just that they use magic for their powers instead of devices. Next would be Robot. So that would be like the Vision. And finally, Alien. Aliens is a blanket term for anyone who's not an Earthling. So in this system, uh, Thor and Hercules and Namor the Submariner, all of them would be considered aliens. So each of these origins has its own advantages and disadvantages. Altered humans don't really have any disadvantages. Um, their main advantage is they get to raise one of their abilities, like their strength or their fighting. Uh, mutants, their main advantage is that they can increase the rank of one of their powers. On the downside, the, at this time in the Marvel Universe, and I'm not sure if they've changed it, but uh mutants were generally feared and reviled by most of society. So their popularity started at zero and was much harder to raise. And for some reason, their uh, start on resources also was lowered by a rank as well. Now with high techs, the advantage they have is that they do get a bonus to their reason, you know, because people like uh, Tony Stark, well, if they're going to be inventing suits of battle armor, they've obviously got to be pretty intelligent. They also get a boost to their resources. On the downside since they are normal people they do have a limit to how high their uh physical abilities can go now if you roll body armor as one of your powers then you also have the option to uh make a suit like you know like iron man's uh suit and if you do that it also gives you another bonus where you can roll to see if uh, your suit actually improves your abilities as well with robots. their main advantage is that they can they are immune to powers that only affect humans, though of course they are also affected by powers that normal people would ignore. also they do have a popularity of zero, but unlike mutants, they have an easier time raising that popularity. Also, another nice thing about robots is, remember before I said if you killed someone, you lost all your karma. That penalty does not apply to robots, though. So you can kill as many robots as you want, and you're not going to lose your karma. And finally, with aliens, their advantage is that their uh, basic abilities, the face rip, They do get a bonus to when they're making those die rolls. So they're usually going to be all around tougher than the average person. On the downside, they do have one less starting power. Now your powers are your normal superhero fares. Things like flight, body armor, being able to uh, manipulate elements or fire Uh, beams out of your eyes, whatever. And then the final step to creating your character is talents. Talents are essentially like uh, skills or non-weapon proficiencies in other games. They work a little bit differently, though, than like a a normal weapon proficiency or non-weapon proficiency would in D&D. Talents are meant to represent a much greater understanding of a subject uh, than someone who doesn't have that talent. Uh, For example, if your character chooses or rolls up uh, science as a talent, like for example geology, that means your character would probably have the equivalent of a college degree in that particular subject. So the talents table is divided. There are your science-type skills. There is also uh, several weapon skills as well. And these allow you to gain a bonus to your attack rolls when uh, using uh, whatever type of weapon. So that is what I like about the game. Very simple, very streamlined, and it's a little trickier to actually run it than play it mainly because there's a lot of little rules that they have there, which can get a little clumbersome at times. Uh, for example, one of the main rules in here is material strength. So one way this would come into effect is if you hit uh, something with uh, your weapon, if the target has a, a really high material strength, there's always a possibility that the weapon is going to break. For example, if you try to uh, stab the Incredible Hulk with a knife, not only is your knife probably going to break, you're, all you're really going to succeed in doing is making the Incredible Hulk really, really angry. That's the other thing that's challenging about the game system is the role that body armor plays. Armor in this game is huge because it absorbs damage. There's also no minimum damage rule. So for example, uh, we we'll just use Remarkable again, uh, 30 points. So if you have Remarkable body armor, that means you take 30 points less damage from any physical or energy weapon attack. So if someone shoots you with a low power laser gun, Or someone walks up to you and blasts you with a shotgun point-blank range. Well, because of your armor, you're just going to take no damage. Look at them and laugh. So this is where it can be challenging to balance an adventure out. And I do speak from personal experience here. Now, when I was running my Marvel campaign at my local hobby store, we had one player in the party that was the tank. He had really good body armor. Everyone else, they had body armor that was several ranks below his. So the reason it was challenging is, if I wanted to use physical damage against the party, well, if I had the enemies inflict enough damage that our tank would uh, actually feel threatened then, while that amount of damage would just squish the other party members. However, it does force you to get creative, because one thing you have to keep in mind is, body armor only stops physical damage. It does not do anything against elemental damage or psychic damage. Just use the tank of the party that I was talking about before, We had one adventure we did where the characters ran into Moduk. I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, Basically, he's a big head with little arms and legs, flies around on a rocket chair. Uh, The name is short for, um, I think it's like modified organism designated only for killing. He's soft and squishy, but he has really powerful psychic abilities he gets to do two psychic actions in a round. And he can fire mental blasts that inflict 50 points of damage each. Now, the tank of the party, he ran into Moduk. And Moduk won initiative. And boom, boom, hit him for 100 points of damage before he could do anything. Well, his body armor did not protect against that. So, needless to say, he decided that discretion was the better part of valor and turned and ran away. Now, another thing that makes running this system a bit challenging, though, is how a lot of the adventures were written. Most of the Marvel adventures that I've seen were written for specific characters in mind. Uh, For example, uh, one adventure I have Actually, the one that has Moduke in it, uh, that adventure is called Lone Wolves. And it was written for Black Widow, Daredevil, Iron Man, and Power Fist. So of those four characters, uh, I believe Power Man is the only one that had any significant body armor. So now in the case of my party, since everyone had... You know, some sort of body armor, I did have to up the damage a little bit. Because, well, Daredevil, for example, as I recall, he doesn't wear armor. So if someone hits him for 20 points of damage, that's going to be significant for him. But since my players at the time all had decent armor, that 20 points of damage wasn't going to be as threatening to them. Now, another thing about the system, which... It's up to you whether you want to consider this a, a pro or a con. They do have stats for a lot of heroes. So certainly you can have a party consisting of Captain America, Wolverine, you know, Iron Man, and Colossus, no problem. But this character generation rules are actually really good. So chances are your players, if they have lucky dice rolls, could actually Uh, make better characters than some of these established Marvel superheroes. Now, the downside to this is if you get less than stellar roles, or if you are playing a high-tech hero, that's really going to severely limit what type of enemies you can uh, logically be able to tackle. So let's say you you are playing a party consisting of Punisher, Night Thrasher, and Daredevil. None of them really have any high damage weapons. So if this particular party were to run into the Rhino, well, none of them have enough strength or enough power to get through Rhino's body armor, which is uh, pretty pretty heavy-duty stuff. Now, on the other hand, though, this will force the party to think creatively. So they may not be able to tackle Rhino head-on. And let's be honest, not a lot of heroes in the Marvel Universe could tackle Rhino head-on. So they would have to find ways to outsmart him. And considering, well, let's see... I know Rhino's not exactly, uh, he's not exactly a Reed Richards. Uh, I know his intelligence is pretty low. Uh, he had, well, actually his reason is good. So, uh, he's a little smarter than the average person. His intuition is only typical though, which is the average person. So, in, in a case like that, you'd actually, uh, would have a pretty good chance of outwitting, uh, Rhino. So, there you have it. A brief view of the Marvel superheroes basic set. So I would definitely recommend picking up the uh, game if you have a chance. As uh, said, usually the basic set is pretty reasonably priced on the secondary market. Uh, the advanced set usually goes for quite a bit more. And I'm not sure about the basic yellow box set. I don't see it very often, but it'll usually go for around the same amount of money that uh, the, the basic set goes for, especially if it's in the box and all intact and in good condition. So I'd like to thank you for listening, and have a good evening or morning or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are, and happy gaming and happy new year, everybody.